When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California, subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. Hello and welcome to Courtside with Christy and Gabe. Uh, we know that Christy usually brings you in to this, but we're, we we have to change it up because it is the WNBA playoffs. We are putting our big down by the basket, and we have brought in some extra help. Calvin Wetzel joining us on the podcast, and we are going to talk about the first two rounds of the WNBA playoffs, potentially just the first round because we kind of get carried away around here. So, uh, as I said, I'm Gabe Ibrahim. You can follow me on Twitter at Gabe underscore Ibrahim, and I am doing fantastic. Calvin, tell the people where they can find you on Twitter and how you doing to that. I'm great. I'm excited to join you guys. Uh, thanks for having me. I'm uh, I'm at Twitter at CWetzel31. And Christy, uh, we just hey. talked. People aren't going to find this out for, for like another week, but we just talked about <laughs> awards. So Christy, I know how you're doing, but tell the people where they can find you on social media. They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, W Scott 51. All basketball, you, all the time. All basketball, all the time. Except when it's about their kids, but it's also about basketball because they yeah, are all basketball. excellent basketball yeah. players. But huh. neither here nor there because you can find all of our stuff at Her Hoop Stats on Twitter, Instagram, anywhere. Just search Her Hoop Stats and go to herhoopstats.substack.com. Subscribe to our newsletter because we write a bunch of stuff there. Um, Calvin and I just worked on our playoff predictions in that space. And now we're bringing it to the audio realm, everybody. Um, So let's get started. We're going to hop right in. No time wasted. Dallas at Chicago, the six versus the seven matchup at 8 p.m. on ESPN on Thursday, which is most likely tonight when you're listening to this. So, Christy. Tell me what's interesting about this matchup. Oh, my gosh. First of all, there's so many things that are interesting about this matchup because one thing that is interesting, one thing I would say guard play Um, guard play in this game is going to be something to circle. I would say with the way that Vicki Johnson has coached the Dallas Wings team back into the playoffs this season has been remarkable. But what they've done with the teams that are under 500, They've done what they're supposed to do there with an eight and six record, but just six and 12 with the teams above 500. So I think with Chicago now fully healthy, Candace Parker, obviously missing those nine games with um, various ankle situations uh, and injuries, they have everyone back now. And I just think that their experience is going to carry them over the top in this game. But Courtney Vandersloot leads the league and assists for a reason. And Enrique Gumbawale is just so dynamic offensively. So that to me is going to be the intriguing matchup. 
just the the perimeter play mm-hmm. in this game is going to be really fun to watch. When you brought up something that I think is like the buzzword here for this series, experience, right? Yeah. Experimentless playoff experience. We've counted up the minutes that Chicago has played in the playoffs. I believe there are four Sky players who have more playoff experience than, than the entire Wings team combined. Yeah. But is that experience that good? Uh, they had the, 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 the Sky have faltered in the playoffs as you know Calvin they they they've come up short a couple years in a row now so how much do you think that how much are you factoring that experience into this game are you really thinking about it at the top of your analysis here I factor in a lot because of Candace Parker I think like you said this guy have faltered in the last couple years and a lot of that playoff experience is just you know from those losses the last couple years and not really from deep runs from the, from the players who have been on the sky for the last few years. But Candace Parker brings championship experience. She brings specifically over 10 times as many playoff minutes as the entire Wings roster combined. And I think having her on the court is going to be key in regards mm-hmm. to, to experience. And the other thing that I was going to bring up in regards to rebounding, you know, Christy is interested in the guard play in this game, but I'm interested in the fact that the Sky, even in general, but especially outside of Candace Parker, have struggled at times to mm-hmm. box out and to grab defensive boards. And that is an area where Dallas loves to crash the offensive glass. Kayla Thornton, you know, Satu is back now. They love to get on the offensive glass. So I think that's going to be really key for the Sky, and in particular, Candace Parker, bringing that experience and bringing that rebounding on the defensive end. Yeah, to your point, Dallas is the third best team in the WNBA for offensive rebounding percentage, and Chicago is 10th an opponent offensive rebounding percentage. So I do, I'm with you. I think Dallas is going to try to get on the offensive glass as much as possible. Cause as we all know, that's where easy buckets come from and you're going to need a lot of those easy buckets. But it, I think we talked, we talked about this, both of us in our, in our playoff predictions, Calvin, like Chicago just has too much talent, right? And I want to get your thoughts on this too, Christy, but Calvin tell like it, I, I want, I want to think upset. We all want to think upset because that's what the playoffs are all about, baby. Like we want to see teams rise above and show us that they've gone to a new level, but it, I just feel like there's too much talent is, do you have a good argument against that? Or do you just agree with me? No, I'm right there with you. I think talent, you know, we love to talk about all these other intangible things and whatever else goes into it. But at the end of the day in the playoffs, it's usually talent that comes out on top. And you're right. The Chicago sky definitely have the most talent at this point. The Wings have a lot of young talent that two or three years from now, maybe we're talking about them having, you know, multiple all-stars and being being kind of at that level um, in terms of just the talent they have on the roster. But they're so young. And I think we often see with these upsets that there's sort of a progression with franchises mm-hmm. like this where they go from, you know, being in the lottery, adding all these good draft picks. The next step is where the Wings are right now, getting into the playoffs and losing in the next step is pulling that upset and making a deep run. And I don't think the wings are at that point yet, maybe in a couple of years, but at this point, I just don't think they're talented enough nor experienced enough to hang with the sky in, in a single elimination game tonight. And Christy, like as a, as a coach, when you, when you have this sort of advantage where we're talking like they, they start, you look at the sky's roster, you can look at the names and you know, those names. And I think it's a lot of people will look at the Dallas wings roster, maybe not know some of those names, but you have this kind of, you have this talent, advantage you have this experience advantage you are more veteran in every regard especially in the playoffs how do you go about a exploiting that and b making sure your team is preparing in the right ways for this game when they when they kind of may they may have those edges coming in well first of all when when you're coaching an experienced team there's a lot that you don't have to say right. right i think that that's already going to be manufactured innately because of their past experiences in the playoffs and and overseas and with the Olympics and everything else. But when you have this young team like Dallas, you have to say, Hey, you have to challenge their, their mental makeup. Mm -hmm. You have to challenge uh, the best in them and say, Hey, this is a a game where no one thinks we're going to win. This is a game where you have to prove yourself from the beginning to the end. You have to start strong, finish stronger 
and and give yourselves a chance at the end to win this game. And it's not going to be easy, but we don't want things easy. These are the things that I would be yeah. saying to a young team. But with an experienced team, I think you have to really stick to the tactical decisions that are being made in that game because the emotion of that game is already built in for those guys. Right. But I don't think that Dallas has that kind of experience in terms of being in a single elimination situation um, as many times, okay? But when you're talking about clutch play, Arike Gumbawale in the NCAA tournament is all you have to do. (laughs) So she has experience at that level um, in single elimination games because of what she was able to do when uh, Notre Dame won it all on her clutch behavior. But this is a different league. This is a different Mm -hmm. (laughs) kind of situation where players are 10 years older than her, you know, that have done it more times. So I think it's going to be really intriguing to, to watch that dynamic in this game as well. But I think if you're coaching a team that has the experience, then it's it's really directed to the tactical side of the game. And when you're coaching up the younger team in Dallas, you're really doing obviously the tactical side comes Mm -hmm. into play. But I think you also have to really hone in on the emotion and the character that this game presents as well. Yeah, no, I know it's so I was about to say the Arike has (laughs) these has those clutch moments, but I, I actually think. That could um, play against Dallas to a certain extent because you know she's going to be jazzed up for this game. She is going to be on on one, as the kids. Say. I don't know if the kids say that anymore. Uh, yeah, they say it. Yeah, sometimes. But she she's going to be so hyped up, and it's just a matter of like getting her to play basketball in the in. I don't, don't want to say the right way because she doesn't play the wrong way. She she needs to share the ball. She needs to be calm. She needs to be collected. I need Arike to be. So here's some stats I've pulled. Because sometimes we see Arike and she has these like 30 point games. And you kind of look at the box score and you're like, well, it didn't really work though. Like it didn't go well. And that's that has been true for them all season long. Dallas is three and 12 when Arike takes 19 shots or more this season. And when she is so hyped up that she's turning the ball over, they're actually four and eight when she has three or more turnovers this year. So that that's it's almost I think the challenge for Dallas is more so reigning in that emotion from Arike and getting her to play between the ears more, getting her to play more like she has been in the second half of the year as a creator and an offensive cog than than like forcing the issue, which she can do. And, and she does it really well. She's one of the best players in this league for a reason. But I just think that that's going to be the real challenge um, for Dallas. It is just trying to get Arike to do enough for them to win, but not too much to take them out of it. Um, because I think, I, I mean, Calvin, I, I want to get your thoughts on this. Like, do you, it, I would think that's kind of the strategy for the sky is to say, hey, Arike, you can do whatever you want, but we're going to make sure we're going to shut off everyone else. Yeah, and definitely. And I think, you know, you, Chrissy brought up a great point about the tactical side versus kind of the emotional side. I, Vicki Johnson and James Wade have very different jobs mm-hmm. this week. Um, even though at the end of the day, their goal is both to win one game. Um, I, I feel like it sort of relates to, you know, this week I've been talking to a lot of Missouri Valley coaches for, mm-hmm. for the previews coming up this season and ev- everyone in the country, but especially that league has so many players coming back because of the COVID year. And right. that, uh, one of the things they've talked about is, you know, we when we have all these returning upperclassmen, it allows us to focus earlier more on some of the schematics, the X's and O's, things like that versus when you have a bunch of freshmen coming in, you have to worry about, you know, the mental side and kind of what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to be. And I think uh, you can kind of look at it the same way in this game where where James Wade has that freedom maybe because like Christy said, there's some things that don't need to be said, you know? So he has that freedom to spend most of this week focusing more in on, you know, some of the film of Dallas and some of the specifics that he's going to have to do for this game where Vicki Johnson has that task like you said, of making sure that Arike is coming into this game mentally prepared and not just Arike, she's the headliner, but, but across the board, you know, most of these players are really young. Diamond to Shields and Kalia Copper are the young players in the sky and they would be the veterans on this Dallas wing team. So really just, just most of this roster, Marina Mabry, Satu Sabli, you know, who are all playing in their first playoff game, getting them in the right mental headspace to come into this game and, and be prepared, you know, to go hard, but not to be, so, as you said, so on one that that you're 
almost shooting yourself out of the game. All right. And, and this is, and Christy and I were talking about this on the, on the awards podcast. I'll come out later, but this is the exact team. You don't want to do that against because they have Courtney Vandersloot and Candace Parker waiting for you to make those specific mistakes of like rushing into a bad shot. And they'll let you, you know, there's times where I love watching this is like, if you just watch Courtney Vandersloot on defense or Candace Parker, they'll just kind of wait. They're the help defender but they're waiting. They're waiting for you to start to commit to that bad shot because they know you're going to take it. And then once you're starting to commit and you're starting to think about it, they rush over and make it an even worse shot. And I think that's 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 really where um, the sky can exploit that because they're so smart. These players have seen everything. They've seen everything all everyone has done. Um, so they're, they're going to come out and be able to take a lot of advantage of that emotion. Um, but let's play a little, let's play a little what if, what if game. Okay. So, uh, Christy. Yep. Give me uh, only, only one thing. I know that a lot of things will have to happen, but <laughs> the wings will win if blank happens. What is blank? Oh, wow. The wings will win if they can defend the paint. Okay. And, and that's not just post play in the paint, but that's, Really denying Courtney Vandersloot mm-hmm. easy access to the elbow area. That's where she likes to attack. That's why she leads the league in assists. She gets in the paint, gets the defense to collapse, and makes plays. So if they can do a good job of of taking the paint away from Chicago, they can win this game. Yeah, and you and you don't want her. The other thing she does, she does a little Nash cuts, and she's just like hanging out <laughs> under. Oh, yeah. And that, if I was if I was like an opposing player or coach, I'd just be terrified whenever she gets down there because it's like okay yeah. uh, there's any possibility yeah. is is in play um but mm-hmm. calvin same question the wings will win if blank happens what is blank if they protect the ball um okay. you know you talked about some of those shots maybe can turn into turnovers mm-hmm. um because those chicago sky guards are just ready for them but in terms of actual turnovers the wings haven't been very good there either since the break they actually were pretty good before the break at protecting the ball, but since they've come back, it's one of the reasons why they've faltered so much down the stretch. They managed to still make it in, but they have had a really rough time protecting the ball in the last 10, 11, 12 games. Um, and like you said, this is the last team that you can do that against mm-hmm. when you have Courtney Vandersloot and Candace Parker ready to make those outlet passes, um, you know, waiting on the other side. So the Wings will win if they can protect the ball. Yeah, and Kalia Copper getting out on the break. I mean, that's that's been one of my favorite things to watch with. Um, mm-hmm. With this Chicago team is is the Kalia Copper Candace Parker connection on the fast break, and if you're a Dallas fan, you don't want to be watching that in this game particularly because that's not that's not going to go well. Um, I think I'm with you, Calvin. Definitely taking care of the ball. Obviously, pain points are going to be really important, but I, I just think it's more of the the playing between the ears and making sure that you're it, it, you're going you know it's still a little football phrase like you're going through your progressions you're not you're not rushing things because there's going to be there's going to be phantom good looks where there's going to be someone open and then suddenly it's a steal there's going to be phantom shots that are going to look good right then and then they're going to turn into bad shots so i think that'll be huge just playing between the ears being smart um and then let's flip it over to the sky's perspective there's a lot of avenues, I think, for the sky to win this game. I think there's more there's more ways uh, I can see Chicago uh, winning the game. Um, but one thing I really want to see from them. So this is my the sky will win if blank happens. For me, the blank is the ball is moving around offensively. Chicago is five and eleven when sixty nine percent or less of their baskets are assisted, and eleven and five when 70% or more of their baskets are assisted. Um, and I think, obviously, Courtney Vandersloot always finds a way to get assists. That's that's what she does, which is why she has led the league in assists for three years, four years now. Um, but it's really up to the rest of their team to, to contribute and make sure they're dishing it out, really on Candace Parker. And you know when she's played, it's been there. So if they get a lot of assists and they make sure they're moving that ball around and they're keeping Dallas on a string, things are going to open up. So that, that to me is the biggest key is the ball is moving around offensively for the sky. So Calvin going to you sky will win. If blank happens, what's fine. Well, I do agree with that one. Um, their assist rate this season is 70%. So that stat you said is basically right above, if they're yep. above average or below average, you know, for their season rate, they lead the league in that. But I also want to go back to what I brought up earlier. I think the sky will win if they box out 
And if they okay. don't give Dallas second chances, I think, mm-hmm. you know, Dallas is probably going to miss some shots because of what we talked about, no matter how sure. emotionally ready they are. They're some of those players, especially Enrique are going to jack some stuff up. It's not going to go in, but if Dallas gets second opportunities on those and still is able to score on those possessions, that's going to allow them to hang around, hang around. And so Chicago needs to make sure that they rebound outlet and go from every one of those in the shots. All right, Christy, same question. I'm going to go. I mean, I was thinking when you were initially discussing it, uh, the assist to turnover ratio has to be yeah. terrific. Um, and, and as you guys said, they've been Chicago has been tops in that statistic all mm-hmm. season long. But my X factor in this game is going to be balanced scoring. I think when Chicago is on the run, like you were alluding to with copper getting loose, Diamond Shields had 30 in the last regular season game for Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, at 30 points. So I just think if if they are on the move and running and a lot of players are contributing offensively, not necessarily making assists, but if they are scoring the basketball, yeah. it doesn't matter. I mean, if that ball is whipping around and you get the ball to somebody, they're wide open and they're missing those shots. That's not going to be helpful for Chicago. They right. have to be consistently efficient on the offensive end. And that's what's going to get them over the hump. We already know that they're capable of of getting it from side to side and even coming back to that third side. But they've got to be able to knock down open shots. They've got to be able to manufacture some fast break offense. So I think they need at least four double figure scorers in this game. And I think the pace of play has to be amazing as well. But that all goes hand in hand. And it's, uh, you know, the whole time we were talking, I was thinking about Diamond Shields because she's always the X factor with this group. And it's like, I, I, you know, I don't know how much we we I, we might put too much on her. We might be expecting too much because of the potential we see for her. But it's yeah. always like you always want a little bit more diamond to shield. So maybe that comes through in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I I am I am excited for this matchup because I do I do think there's a couple ways that Dallas can win. But let's make our picks. Um, Calvin and I are already on record, so if you read our newsletter, you probably you probably know. So we'll go we'll go to Christy first. Uh, we don't have any lines yet. If you want to know more about the betting lines, Calvin and I will be doing a video tomorrow uh, on mm-hmm. that. So keep it keep it locked to her hoop stats as always. But let's make our pick. Who's going to win this game, Christy? I'm going to go with Chicago in this game. Um, I know that that they did not play well towards the end of the season there in terms of their continuity, what we were talking about, balance of the scoring wasn't really there either. Um, but I'm going to go with Chicago. I'm going to lean with experience being the the key factor for this victory. All right, Calvin. I'm also going to go Chicago. Um, I love Christy's point about the pace. Uh, you know, Chicago's already a fast-paced team, third in pace, but they're first since the break. Dallas is ninth in pace, but they're 11th since the break. So they like to slow it down. I think Chicago is going to get out and run. And I think Dallas is, is young enough that they're, you know, they're going to try to run mm-hmm. with Chicago and that's not going to work. Um, yeah. So, so I'm going to go with sky as well. See, all right. Uh, I'm all right. I'm going to get on record. I'm going with the sky. However, transition. I think <laughs> Dallas should play a lot faster just as like a general note, like Arike in transition to me should be Russell Westbrook S should be yes. Giannis esque, like, right. Like, taking yes. the ball from the rim and just getting down court. So mm-hmm. possibly like playing fast could be a big benefit uh, in my mind. I don't know. I obviously I think Vicki Johnson thinks differently because she coaches the team. They don't do that. If they can protect the ball. That if part. Can, yeah. That's a big deal. It's a big <laughs> deal with this team and they're young. Yeah. So it, it hopefully um, that's not the continuing issue forever um, with Dallas, but the last couple of years, certainly. And, and they're just, they're just too young to to really count on them not doing that. Um, but we'll see. I, I I think Dallas has has a pretty good shot. I'm also sneakily excited for the Bella Allery Candace Parker matchup. Um, oh. Bella has been quietly extremely good on defense this year since she got the starting role. Um, she actually got some uh, some uh, all defense hype in our most recent newsletter that came out on Thursday morning. Um, so I'm really excited for that. That's a sneaky, good matchup. If you're looking for a little matchup, but both these teams change so much and they, they move around so much that it, it's not necessarily like one matchup, but, um, that one is, I think a sneaky under the radar one. All right. Uh, anything else in Chicago or Dallas? 
single elimination, hey, it's when are you done? So, I mean, that's going to be the the bottom line, you know, for fans. I mean, there's going to be so many eyes on these playoffs, and I can't wait for the first one to go. Wait, Calvin, though, one last question. What's the insane thing that happens in this playoff game? Because it's a Chicago Sky playoff game. Something stupid's going to happen. What do you think it is this time? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's get bold. <laughs> Candace Parker is going to go off for 30 points. All right. All right. All right. That would not be stupid. That would be cool. So I'm, I'm, I'm into that. that. I was going to say, like, there's going to be there's going to be some sort of buzzer beater by Arike frustrated, a frustrated buzzer beater with three seconds left in the game that actually gives Dallas the cover. Um, that'll be my, that'll be my pick. Um, but yeah, all right, let's move on to New York at Phoenix, 10 PM on ESPN Thursday night. Uh, I'd say this game's slightly less interesting. The five, eight matchup, um, considering that Phoenix and New York have played recently and Phoenix has handily, uh, beat New York in both those matchups. But, um, Christy, what, what's one thing that is interesting about this matchup that you're looking forward to? Well, you know, I, I think it's the star power, right? I mean, the the names in this game, I mean, you have three gold medalists for Phoenix and, and you know, will Diana Taurasi play? I mean, her ankle is still Wait, questionable. Wait, how many, how many gold medalists does New York have? They have a similar amount, I'm guessing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, and no, no shade, please. I'm not trying to get no, the New Yorkers no, blowing my Twitter page up. We don't have time. But I will say, you know, it's another it's another experienced team playing a young team um, mm-hmm. when you're talking about this matchup between Phoenix and New York. And the way Phoenix played early on after the uh, Olympic break, I mean, they rattled off 10 wins in a row, but they've lost three down the stretch. So it's all about momentum as well. So you see New York, they've lost 11 of their last 13 games, but their last couple of games, they played with some real energy and desperation. Mm -hmm. So if you're talking about trend, I mean, you can't, you can't, I mean, go back to what these two teams look like when they played before, because everything's on the line right here. And you're going to see the best out of both teams. And the desperation factor is going to be there, the urgency factor. So, I mean, I, it's still an, an experience versus inexperienced situation when you're talking about big picture and overview of two teams. But at the end of the day, I mean, Phoenix has Brittany Griner. Phoenix has Skylar Diggins-Smith. Phoenix has Diana Taurasi. Hopefully she's healthy. And, and New York doesn't, quite frankly. Have that. No, <laughs> unfortunately for New York, um, they do not have any any of those players. And it's not that New York's a bad team. It's just they, you know, first off, they're not they're not as talented and they haven't played as much together because of injuries. And third, it's just we're it's again, the whole young. This is young versus old in yeah. an even more extreme sense than True. Dallas and Chicago. I mean, Phoenix is mm-hmm. playing together. Forever and it looks like Scott. It feels like Scott than Smith has also been there forever, despite only being there two years because she's played so well. Um, yeah. But Calvin, what 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 are you uh, looking out for? What's the most interesting thing for you in this game? Yeah, um, I mean, there's a couple of experience, like you said. Really, I feel like that's the theme of the whole night yeah. of playoffs. You know, with Chicago and Dallas and all those playoff minute stats that we listed in that one. We could you know go down the line and do the same thing in this one. New York has a little bit more experience than Dallas, but that's entirely because mm-hmm. of Natasha Howard and Sammy Whitcomb from the storm outside of those two, they have 17 playoff minutes, whereas <laughs> Tarasi and Reiner, they're in the thousands. But the other thing that stands out to me in this game, I think is it, it's like the first game too. It's the pace, you know, New York lead, leads the league in pace. Uh, Phoenix loves to really slow it down, get into the half court, get into their post looks with Freddie Griner. Um, and it, again, it's the, the experienced team, you know, I think in the playoffs is going to be able to control the pace. So I think Phoenix will be able to control the pace in this one. Um, in in New York, just they, they rely so much on on running and shooting the three. And when you live and die by that, I mean, yeah, they could go off and make 23s and win this game, but I think they have to if they're going to win this game. I don't think they have another way to win. So like you said, the talent level, um, 
with all due respect to Sabrina, Spinagelani, Tasha Howard, those are good players, but they don't have Diana Taurasi, SDS, Brittany Griner. I, I think those are, in this game at least, for now, the three best players on the court. Yeah, and I mean, maybe in a different year, you, you could have talked me into this, but Brittany Griner's having an MVP season. Frankly, Skylar Biggins-Smith is also having an MVP-level season. Like, this is not the team I want to run into. However, I do want to say one thing. All right, so this is what's most interesting to me. Phoenix has not beaten a team that finished over 500 since July 9th. So that entire 10-game win streak in the second half of the season, they did not play a single team that finished above 500. Now, they are not playing a team that finished above 500 in this game. Crucially, I just think it's interesting that Phoenix has not been tested slash has not risen to those tests so far. They lost three straight against some pretty good teams down the stretch. So I'm, I'm more for me, this game is more about the future of Phoenix. I think the future of New York is extremely bright. If even if they get blown out by 40 points in this game, you know, this is more like this, this is uh icing on the cake, right? Like this is, they're in the playoffs a little bit earlier than they thought. So for me, it's more about like, what's ahead for Phoenix in this playoff run? Like, you know, are they showing me that they're really together and that that 10 game win streak? Yeah, it was against bad competition, but that was legit what we look like when we're playing our best and that can beat anybody. And the future of this team in a macro sense, right? Like if Diane Ferrosi doesn't play, like she hasn't played in much of this second half of the season, I mean, we're getting a view into the future of this team because Tarazzi is not going to be around forever. So getting a view into what we have, who, who can we rely on in the playoffs around Skylar Diggins-Smith and Brittany Griner, if we can build around them, how, how does that work in the playoffs? So I think it's, I think it's really crucial for them to play well in this game, uh, especially if Tarazzi doesn't play, just to see what's ahead of them, um, more so than I think this is going to be a challenge for them. Again, no shade to Walt Hopkins and the, and, and the Liberty. They're they're a good team and they deserve to be in the playoffs. This is just also a really, really bad matchup for them. But let, let's get into our what-if game. Um, we'll do the easy one first. Uh, the Mercury will win if blank happens. I will go quickly first. A, the Mercury will win if Brittany Griner shows up. She's had 55 points against this team in the last two meetings. They don't have any answer for her. Love Natasha Howard. That's not really the position that the New York Liberty want to put Natasha Howard in, having to guard Brittany Griner for all for the entire game. Um, they don't really have another center that can handle it. They've at times had to put like Banaja Laney on the other team's best post player. So this is a team that does not have great post defense. I think if Brittany Griner shows up and plays her normal capabilities, uh, they the Phoenix Phoenix will win. So uh, same question, Christy. The Mercury will win if blank happens. I think the Mercury will win if Brianna Turner is a defensive mm. force to match up against Natasha Howard. That's that. the matchup that I am looking at. I think that's going to be intriguing because Natasha Howard's a slasher. She's a post player, but she likes to put the ball on the floor, especially mm-hmm. from that high post area. Turner has great feet. Turner is going to have to do a great job on her to kind of quiet that level of offensive production on the interior for New York. So I think it's going to come down to post play. Like you said, okay, mm-hmm. it's Griner for sure. But I think it's going to come down to uh, the others. That's what Shaquille O'Neal likes to say in the NBA playoffs, right? It's going to be about the others and not necessarily their offensive production, but what can Brianna Turner do defensively to help stop the interior offensive production from New York, in particular from Natasha Howard. So that's that's my thing. The matchup between those two is going to be a key factor. That's going to be a really fun matchup. That's like two players. I, you know, I've honestly never made this connection, but those two players are um, have a similar yeah. deal going on. Like when when uh, <laughs> Natasha Howard was in Seattle and where, where Brianna Turner is now in Phoenix in terms of where right. they are at, like in their careers, um, they're both really similar and they're both defensive dynamos um yeah. and we're, we're waiting on brianna turner's offense to, to really take off but i'm interested in that matchup a lot more now um that you mentioned it because I, I didn't think about i didn't think about that but calvin uh the mercury will win if blank happens uh well number one is if diana trossi plays 
Um, okay. I'm not sure what else happens to the wings. But number two <laughs> is yeah. I wanted to come up with something different and interesting like Christy did. But Gabe, you hit it though. If Brittany Griner shows up, because New York, I mean, they're thin in the front line intentionally, right? They have a flag yeah. off system and anyone who could match up with Brittany Griner, not that there's anyone in the world who can, but if there were, they wouldn't fit in Walt Hopkins system anyway. So it's, it's what, it's how he plays and it's what he wants, but it leaves him vulnerable to matchups like that. They've allowed the most field goal attempts in the restricted area, um, you know, this season. Mm-hmm. And if Brittany Griner eats down there, it's over. They don't have any, you know, anyone on that roster who can stop her. And she's, she's done eight against, uh, against this team this year. Um, yeah. and I, you know, I wonder how long they're really going to stick with this, like five out, like real five out idea. Mm-hmm. Um, just cause I, you know, in this league, if you want to compete at this level, you got to have someone for Griner fouls. Um, they actually did a pretty good job on Tina Charles. And that's something I'm interested in. And Christy, we, you know, we watched that game mm-hmm. very closely, obviously covering the mystics. I was there. I thought what they did on Tina Charles is a bit replicable to what they could do against Brittany Griner is just kind of fly around, dig, double, make it uncomfortable, make her into a passer and expect yeah. other people to beat you. Um, so I wonder, like, do you think that that could work against Brittany Griner or is Griner just too big? Man, she's six nine, Gabe. And it's hard because, <laughs> you know, if, for as much as you do, if you're trying to front that, she's going to get the lob. And even that up the line defense on the weak side, you're going to be standing there and you're not going to be able to contest it if the ball gets there. So I think the key for that kind of defensive situation against a team like Phoenix is going to be to apply ball pressure on the perimeter, Mm -hmm. really make that a difficult pass to get in because once it gets in there, that's a wrap, unfortunately, because I mean, that help side is not going to be able to do much when they're even two high hands, she's going to catch and shoot right over top of you. So you've really got to maybe look to, to really send, um, heavy pressure on the perimeter and whether that's forced to the corners or, you know, really be directive there, but really have high hands and and make it a, a tough pass to see and tough passes to see are tough passes to complete. So I think it's going to come down to the perimeter defense on Brittany Griner in terms of okay. getting the pass to her rather than what's going to happen once she does have it, because we've all seen, yeah. What happens when she gets the ball down there? It's, it's, uh, I mean, that's just over. <laughs> it's it's not pretty if she has no. the ball against you down low. Um, no. All right, I'll go first with the Liberty side of things. The Liberty will win if blank happens. I'm actually going to go more on more on the Brittany Griner thing um, because what happened in that Washington game was not only did um, New York do a really good job covering Tina Charles, they did a really good job of of making Tina Charles the option too. The Mystics would come down and there was sort of like the sense like, wait, she's got Benajelani on her or, or whoever, whichever six foot guard that you want to talk, talk about from New York. She's got this player on her. We need to go down to her in the post. And they got really tunnel vision on that on those plays. And they did allow the defense to work against Tina Charles. So they showed the mismatch and then kind of collapsed on it. If they can do that against Phoenix and try to try to take try to take, um, you know, Skylar Ding Smith out of the game a little bit, try to try to get the ball out of her hands. Cause if she has the ball in her hands, it's extremely difficult to stop them. And if she's playing well, so I think maybe, I mean, look, we're grasping at straws here, but trying to get that tunnel vision for Phoenix on the Brittany Griner mismatch could be a helpful thing to do. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't love that as a plan. So Calvin, do you have a, do you have a better plan for the liver to win? What uh, Liberty will win if blank happens. What is it? Yeah, it sounds cliche, but um, if they make threes, I think, yeah, you know, yeah, sure. the team set the WNBA record for three-point rate this year. Obviously, they play five out for a reason. They've had games where they make 60% of their threes, and they've had games where they shoot four for 25. And, you know, some teams can can have a poor shooting night, and they can overcome it with their defense, with their rebounding, with whatever else it is. I don't think the Liberty can do that. I don't think they have, you know, I already mentioned this, but I don't think they have another way to win this game if their threes aren't falling. Mm-hmm. I don't think they can compensate in another yeah. area. So I think in order for them to win, they're going to have to make at least 40, maybe 50% of their threes. Like what we saw earlier in the season when they started out five and one and everyone was on the bandwagon because everyone was making threes, Laney and Sabrina, and everyone mm-hmm. was raining. You know, we need that liberty to show up from beyond the arc. 
Yeah, I'm excited. And one of the other things I have here for the for this category is actually, I mean, obviously make threes. Um, but Sabrina having those games that she had early in the season, you know, like mm-hmm. a 30 point triple double would be a great time. It'd be a great time for a 30 point triple double, right? Like if you have one of those in yeah. your Sabrina, now is the time to get it out because they are a completely different team when she is attacking. Like she has been really for like the past couple of weeks now, she's finally gotten healthy. So she's been attacking a lot more and that's changed the tenor of the team offensively. Um, I don't, I, I don't know how much you can do that today. A lot of it's predicated on getting to the rim and guess what? Brittany Griner's at the rim. That's not like a fun thing to try to deal with. Um, so it, we'll see, but I think Sabrina getting making her own threes and getting other people threes is huge. That's that's a good point. But Christy, Liberty will win if blank happens. What's blank? Uh blank to me is obviously what I was saying about perimeter defense. Yeah. Um, I think with a player like Rebecca Allen being long and lanky on the perimeter, I think mm-hmm. that's going to be a key piece. Um, just kind of closing that story on on their defensive um, situations. But I think for for New York, the bottom line is going to be their five-out offense. How productive can they be? I mean, they have nothing to lose in this game. They have nothing to lose in this game. So with a team that lets it fly from three like New York does, how fun is that to go into the game with nothing to lose, to know you're going to be lifting those threes from range, Sabrina Inescu out there, Flying, you know, flying around and and knocking in those shots, and then Sammy Wickham, who is just cold as ice when it comes to knocking in her threes mm-hmm. and and the passion that she brings to the game. Listen, we're not even talking about Laney yet, okay? Yeah. Another player and <laughs> in, in the trail position in, in on, on their transition game, boom, knocking in threes. Can they make shots yeah. out of their five out? And that they don't need to get into the paint because they, they don't want to get in there. Because like you said, they have Turner down there defensively for Phoenix. They have Griner down there defensively for Phoenix. So get them out of the paint. Make them guard on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Set them up the way mm-hmm. New York does. You're moving constantly. The one thing, and I'm going to throw it all the way back. The one thing that I hated to do back in the day as a post player was to be outside of the paint mm-hmm. having to defend somebody. <laughs> okay. Gotta get but low. I, I, it's like not fun. <laughs> I did not like being on an island, okay, out there with somebody squaring me up, getting ready to break me down or have to read a, a pick and roll, whether I'm going over top, underneath. That's a lot. I just want to be down there. I want to have an arm bar and I want to do work on, on the paint, in the paint. But for, for New York, if they can spread Phoenix out and really make them work outside the paint and make them cut, make them defend, you know, and take hard cuts. I think that's going to be the real key. Their five-out offense and those threes are going to be raining, hopefully at the bottom of the net for mm-hmm. them because they're going to be taking them. So hopefully for them, they'll find success in knocking some of those home. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I, I think um, this is actually a really good test for like, uh, like I was saying with Phoenix, right? Same sort of thing with New York. Like you're looking, their their eyes are definitely towards the future, but this is a really yeah. good time to see, hey, can the system work? Can this work against, you know, we're unlucky in the fact that we have to play Phoenix. If you're in New York, right. you're unlucky because that, that team's the best team in this round. But you also are lucky in the fact that you're going to see how this whole system works in the playoffs against a team that is des- almost designed to beat you specifically. So you're going to figure out, do we need to go to the draft and get a center, the best center available? Do we need, do we need to find one in free agency? How do we handle that? Or can we start continuing with our five out system if we even get close in this game? The true, the true five out system. Um, right. Okay. So I don't think this is any secret. Uh, why don't we all just say our pick on three, one, two, three, Phoenix. Phoenix. Okay, cool. All right. So that's our pick. Um, wait, I, I think it's, uh, look, all right. I, I, I had a stat for this, I believe. I don't necessarily remember what I wrote, um, but I believe uh, underdogs are two and eight in this round since 2016. So since since the beginning of the playoff format, yeah, they're two and eight. And the only two winners was the Sun. You were about to go there, Gabe, last year. I don't even know if they were underdogs with the injuries Chicago had. So it was was the 2020 Sun who made it to the semifinals. And do you know that one? Mm, no, I don't. 
All right, 2016, Mercury. Eerily similar situation. Both those teams yeah, actually made it to the semifinals. That's right. Yeah. It's only eight seed to win. Um, so they 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 were both they both those teams actually made it to the semifinals and they had, but they both had, you know, the stars we just mentioned and more. Um, whereas New York and Dallas are more of the typical seven, eight seeds where they're young teams um just making their first playoff experience. Should be really, really interesting. I think both um both games in in a lot of different ways, but yeah, I don't see a underdog, the the underdogs pulling it out. Um, so let's do. We got we got time. So I think we should do a little bit, not quite as in depth, but a little bit of a second round preview. So let me get these matchups right in my head. We got Chicago right. against it would be Minnesota, right? Okay, Chicago, Minnesota on one side, Phoenix and Seattle on the other. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Who wins and why, Christy, in Minnesota, Chicago? Man, listen, I I love Minnesota. And, you know, I love how uh, Cheryl Reeve has uh, developed this team and and gotten them to Uh the three seed this year. Uh Uh-oh. You hear you hear butt coming, right? Mm-hmm. And you hear butt coming. <laughs> However, um, man, I, you can't count out Chicago and Courtney Vandersloot and the pace of play, and that's the thing that's going to be the difference maker in that matchup. But I'm still going to go with Minnesota in that. I'm still going to go with Minnesota okay. in that because of the grit that they play the game with. Um, they're very wise on the defensive end as well. And they get to the glass. And I, I just, uh, that's a tough one because I want, I want to say Chicago so badly and mm-hmm. there's something uh, holding me back. So I, I'm going to stick with Minnesota in that matchup. All right. Calvin, who wins and why? You know, I want to say Chicago too, <laughs> as a Sky fan, but also as how their season has ended the last couple of years. But Minnesota was my preseason pick to win the championship, and I, I don't see them losing their first game. I think Christy hit on momentum or, you know, earlier in the show, but I, th- I think they've gotten a little bit overshadowed since the break by maybe the fact that the Sun haven't mm-hmm. lost a game and the Mercury won whatever, 10, 11 games in a row. But Minnesota has played a lot better since the break, too, and I don't think Chicago has. I think Minnesota has been right up there in that top tier. Really, the Sun are in the tier by themselves, but after that, that, that top tier since the break, everything's sort of clicking for them. They really haven't missed a beat without Dantas, to be honest. And, and they're just starting to piece it together. And I, I don't think that, you know, Chicago is going to come out. I, I would have picked Chicago maybe earlier in the season because when they signed Candace Parker, I did not think that they were going to get the same mm-hmm. number 60 that they did last year. Honestly, that feels a little bit disappointing, but I, I don't, I don't see Minnesota losing you know, their first game. I don't see them want to done in this, in this playoffs. I don't want to pick Chicago at all. I want to pick Minnesota and I'm going to pick Minnesota. Uh, Cause I just think, look, it's exactly what you said, Calvin, like Minnesota has been playing above their talent level for the entire second half of the season. Chicago for the entire season has been playing below theirs. And there's plenty of reasons why that is happening in Chicago. And I, you know, I don't want to take anything away from them because they, they did have to overcome a lot to even get here. But right now, as we sit, like, I, I don't see how this Chicago team can rise to the level of beating Cheryl Reeve and her team in the playoffs. Because I, I think Minnesota, at least from when we watched them here in Washington, they just seem to really like like each other, you know? And that's a big deal. That I, I know that sounds very, like, simple, but... It is a big deal when the team actually likes to be around each other and is excited to get on the court with one another and fight with one another. I think they have just so many tough players who know how to win the playoffs. And Chicago doesn't quite have that. Um, I think they they do. I think Chicago does. But my thing, like we said earlier, it's all about how you're playing right now. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And it, and for me, like, I think maybe it's just the, the familiarity of seeing Minnesota just a few days ago. I think maybe that's yeah. just staying with me. And 
seeing them live and how just purposeful they were with every single little thing that they did, because all those little things amounted to big things at the end of the day. And that's why they got the three seed because of the way that they were playing and the momentum that they played with and the hunger, like the roster, you look at it on paper and you're like, well, man, I don't know. But then you look at it, eyeball test, like Mm -hmm. you said, like seeing them live, seeing the grit and the hustle and the fortitude that it takes to win in the playoffs that's why I'm siding with Minnesota because at this juncture, Chicago is not playing with that same sense of urgency yeah. for whatever reason, but Minnesota is. And, and that's why I'm giving them the edge too. And I, I think, think powers too. Has, I, was about to say. Know, I mean, I think one of the biggest reasons for, for that, how they're playing is, is because, you know, Eric powers was injured early in the season and yeah. she was new to the team. I think it took her a little bit while to sort of, gel with this group but i think mm-hmm. she has now and, and when you watch the way she's playing and you guys saw her live i think mm-hmm. Gabe, you were there too right last yeah. week um you, you've seen how she's playing the last few weeks you know coming off of the olympics she's really fitting in with his offense now and giving them a huge x factor and i just think that that's crucial and we it would be dumb to bet against cheryl reeve in september and october i don't we've, yeah. we've been here before you know, she taught James Wade a lot of what he knows when he was an assistant for her. So um, there you go. I, I, just, I just think it's Cheryl Reeve time and, See, and Minnesota's playing too well. You know what? Uh, it, they, the Dr- Draymond Green, I think the best thing he's ever given in basketball is the comment that like there's 82 in the NBA. There's 82 game players and there's 16 game players. There's players that are great in the playoffs and there's players that are great in the regular season. And um, this does. This is this is not a comment on the quality of players. Just the type of player, like not even like a, a mental thing. Aerial powers to me is like the quintessential playoff player because of how much energy she brings, how yes. in your face she is, and how she adapts to whatever the defense is doing. So you're gonna you're gonna do some IP. It's gonna work, and she changed it. And she she kind of is like a, a loose cannon in that way, but it works when you're in the playoffs. And I think. Minnesota has a more of those players, those, those playoff players than Chicago does. So I think we're all, we're all in agreement here. Uh, we're we're going to do Minnesota, which assuredly means something's going to go wrong. Um, <laughs> but this is, this is the pick though, for me that it's going to change the most based on the first game. Like we're going to find out a lot. I think we're going to find out a lot more about Chicago come that first game. We're going to see what kind of urgency yeah. you're playing with. We're going to see what kind of chemistry they got going on and how, and how much they want, Real, not want to, but like how much they want to bring it in the, in the playoff sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's move on the last last round that we're projecting because we will be back. Oh, will we be back before the semi? Yeah, yeah, we'll be back before the semifinal start. I think, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, the semis um, are too big. Yep. Okay, so yeah, we'll talk to you then. The semifinals are rounds. We got we got we got series then. Uh, right. Last game we're going to talk about Seattle, Phoenix. This is a sexy upset pick. There are people walking down the street looking at this, looking at this game saying, ooh, it's a sexy upset. Um, so I'll go to you first, Calvin. Who you got and why? You're right. This is like the 12 5 everyone circles on their bracket. Yeah. But I'm I'm gonna go with the crowd. I'm I'm going with the Mercury. I think even when Brianna Stewart was in the lineup. Just since the break, the Mercury have been a better team outside mm-hmm. of that last game where Jewel uh, outside of the time they played. Yes. Yeah. Well, you're right. <laughs> outside of the time they played. To be Not fair, you're right. Time. But <laughs> is Jewel Lloyd really going to score 30 points in the first quarter again? Is my question. I don't know. Maybe she mm-hmm. could. But the game before, she played the Sparks and she had like four points in the whole game. So who knows? Which Jewel Lloyd are we going to get? I do we know is Brianna Stewart going to play? I don't even know. You don't I know. Team. Okay, so that's another question. If Brianna Stewart doesn't play, this is a slam dunk, slam dunk yeah. upside pick for me. Um, even though she didn't play in that game where where Seattle won just a week ago, I, I still think the Mercury are playing too well. And if Diana Taurasi does play, that's the other thing. If they get there, I think she should be back by then because it sounds like she's already probable for the first round. But mm-hmm. I I think the Mercury, the way that they're playing right now, um, even aside from their three game losing streak, you know is Brittany Griner is so much better this year than she was the last couple of years and so much better down the stretch since the Olympics, even than she was before she's, she's continually getting better and she's playing her best basketball at the right time. And so is Skylar Diggins Smith. 
she's played the last month or month and a half, the best basketball. I think I've seen her play in two, three years. Mm -hmm. Um, And those two are just right now playing as well as anyone on the storm outside of Brianna Stewart and outside of that one jewel Lloyd eruption. Right. Outside of the time they played a week ago. (laughs) If you you, 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 you don't look at that, this is a great upset pick. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Who wins in play? (laughs) Oh man. Listen, first of all, I need for Diana Taurasi to be healthy in this game. And I also need Brianna Stewart to be healthy in this ball game because I want to see both teams at full strength go at it in a single elimination situation. Let's just be honest with that. I I want to see them healthy. However, um, it sounds like Taurasi is is closer because it was an ankle injury. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. And we don't know. All they're saying is foot injury for Brianna Stewart. So we're not sure exactly what that entails in terms of recovery time um, on that. And while they do have the dynamic duo with Bird and, and Lloyd, I really think they need Brianna Stewart on the floor. So I'm going to go ahead and say Tarasi is going to go ahead and put on her Mamba cape and go out there uh, with the ankle taped up and, and give it her best and, we already know what that is. Uh, she's going to yeah. do her, her due diligence to get her team over the hump. So I'm going to go with Phoenix in this matchup. Um, and we're, and we're saying that, that Stewart's not going to play in this game, or if she does, what's she going to look like? Um, she hasn't played or, or practiced in, in a couple of uh, days, almost weeks now. So I'm going to go ahead and give Phoenix the edge. Uh, I'm going to go with the interior play being the X factor. And, and the reasoning behind that, but also in the absence of Stewart. I mean, we're talking obviously about Stewart's presence on the floor, not just as an offensive player, but what she does defensively as well. So I think if she's not in the mix and she's not 100%, she's not playing um, her big minutes, I think that's going to be um, a case for Phoenix to go ahead and, and win that one. Yeah. And it's, it is so tough that we just have to sit here and like, you know, hate it. look at the injury report and try to figure it out. I, I just know. saw a, a tweet here by Kelly Cohen of ESPN that there's no update on the status of Brianna Stewart. Left foot injury. We'll know more by Friday or Saturday. I think even if she was just like healthy and playing, we, we still wouldn't know. because we're not going to say anything before uh, they sure. have to. So I, I, I'm picking the storm here um, mainly because of that last game that they played against the, against the, uh, Mercury, because I just think Jewel Lloyd was stunning on that game on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. They put her on Skylar Diggins Smith, and it was like it, I, I I don't know if you know this, Christy, but you know Kirby Calvin. Yes, <laughs> so she Kirby yeah, yeah. swallowed Skylar Diggins Smith. <laughs> And like absorbed all of her powers while taking her off the, the court. It was like ah. just completely swallowed. It's a little pink brown thing. I don't know if you remember this from Nintendo. <laughs> oh, okay. Video yeah. I think this was, I think this was like <laughs> at, a little, whatever. It's fine. But she just like completely swallowed her, forced some five turnovers. Like if they, if she can just take Skylar Diggins Smith off the court by herself and score 37 points, well, yeah, uh, the, the Storm are going to win. Because that's that should do it. That should be enough. Um, however, if Diane Taurasi is around, obviously the equation changes. If Brianna Stewart's around, the equation changes on both ends. I just think I just think Seattle um, has a little bit more depth to sustain around those injuries. So let's say you know both these players are minutes limits. I would I would pick Seattle's depth to kind of cover that up a little bit more than Phoenix's. Um, mm-hmm. But I am I am trying to factor in that both those players are going to play because that's what I want to happen. So I, I just I'm going to go with Seattle because I've seen that group um, for the most part that big three do it um, in the playoffs, and I've seen Jewel Lloyd eat up Skyler Diggins Smith in a, in a way that I don't think I've seen anyone else do this season. And if that happens, if that perimeter matchup goes the way we think it will, then I think Phoenix is in a lot of trouble. But again, there, I this is one that is a, is a toss up 
um, for me. I just don't, I cannot uh, pick it. So um, I'm going with Seattle. So you guys both pick Phoenix, right? Yes. Yep. All right. So we disagree. Me, uh, <laughs> let me put a little point guard, Gabe. I, I got to toss you a okay. question here then about Jewel Lloyd. So her last four games, eight points on three of 12, mm-hmm. 20 points, five points, and 37 points. So are you saying we are going to get the Jewel Lloyd that scored 20 and 37 and not the one that scored eight and five and missed a million shots? Yes, because that those games she was not playing like she was playing this team. Like, yeah, if she was playing the other teams that she played, I don't even know who she was playing in those games. Oh, uh, it was L.A. L.A. is actually. LA. OK, so L.A. and New York both have good card matchups against mm-hmm. Jewel Lloyd in a way that Phoenix definitely does not. Love Skylar Diggins-Smith. She is the first team all WNBA for me, as is Jewel Lloyd. But it's not the matchup that you want defensively if you're Phoenix. You don't want Skylar Diggins-Smith giving up inches and strength to Jewel Lloyd, who's going to take advantage of that every single time. And they don't really have, like, who who are they going to to stop Jewel Lloyd? Like, it's are we going to Shea Petty? I love Shea Petty. That's not going to happen. We're going to Diana Taurasi at this age. That's definitely not going to happen. Like, I don't think he and nurse really has a good chance of staying in front of her. Maybe Bria Hartley's healthy. If Bria Hartley, all right, that's another thing. Another person that if they are like truly healthy, she did play 19 minutes in the last game. So she looks, she's looking much healthier. She's looking much better. Um, I, if she's healthy and ready to go, that makes a big difference on their, their perimeter defense against Jewel Lloyd. But yeah, so I would say, I would say totally like that's 37 points that I would say it's closer to that. I don't think she's going to score 37 points, but I'm, I'm guessing it's closer to that than the five points she had against the Sparks. Um, I don't know though. Like there has been Seattle this year is not, is not the Seattle. There's a reason everyone's picking against them. They're not the Seattle they were, they were last year, the last three yeah. years. Like they, mm-hmm. this is a different, completely different team. And they are, there's a lot less margin for error. Um, but I just think Phoenix is also in a place in this game, particularly like they also have a very thin margin of error. So if I'm picking the team that can, that can tow that line the most, I'm going to go with the one that has super Jewel Lloyd and hopefully bring Stewart. I, you know, I, I just think that the health of, of Stewart is going to be the, the key yeah. factor and, and what Diana Tarasi looks like too um, with the ankle, but, I don't know. Can can Jewel Lloyd be consistent? I think is a question that that remains to be seen as well. Like you said, Calvin, and I, I just think it's going to be a, a great game because at the end of the day, we get to see Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi go at it again in the playoffs. We we saw Seattle uh, be successful with that, and and they shook hands and still had love after the game. Uh, Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi mm-hmm. did so. I don't know. That dynamic is also intriguing. And a lot of eyes are going to be on the playoffs as a whole, but in particular in that game because of those. Oh, yeah. Now, it'll be, I mean, I wonder how many, you don't, we don't know how many more of these we're getting, right? Exactly. We don't exactly. know how many more uh, of these matchups we're going to see. So mm-hmm. savor it, enjoy yeah. it. Like we can talk X and O's all we want, but at the end of the day, I'm just going to be sitting in front of my TV, really having <laughs> a great time. Um, yeah. So just for the record, to end this podcast, uh, Calvin and I have both made our championship selections. So, wait, Calvin, who, who do you have? I'm going with the Sun. Okay. I, too, am going with the Sun against the Aces in five. Were you, did you, you're against the Aces, right? Uh, I actually picked the Lynx over the Aces oh. in five in the semis. Sun over Lynx in the finals. I'm very excited wow. to talk about the semifinals. Wow. Very excited to talk about the semifinals uh, when we get there. Um but I also so I picked the Sun in five over the Aces. Christy, you're on the spot. Give me your oh. champion. Yep. Nope. We you got to do it. This is a playoff prediction podcast. I know you're mad at me. So I didn't tell you we were going to do this. <laughs> but I know. But you know me being on the spot, a, a little sweat beads pop off my forehead. But I'm <laughs> fine. Uh, listen, let's go with. I, I'm going with Connecticut to win it all, and I'm going with them in five over Vegas. I just think um, the size factor for Vegas is going to be a true problem for the uh, Minnesota Lynx. And I don't know if, if Liz Cambage is going to be back. Now she's going to have time, you know, a couple more days because of the double buy for the Aces. So is she going to be back out there? Is it going to be Wilson and Cambage inside? 
I mean, that's going to be, that's going to be pretty crazy, but I think the way uh, Connecticut is, is built, uh, I think it's going to be fun to watch those two teams battle it out. I mean, Vegas, one of the, the most team, how do I want to say that? The team that has the most depth in terms of having seven players scoring in double figures, um, that's going to be tough to guard, but I think with Alyssa Thomas back playing some minutes for Connecticut, I think that's going to be enough for them to to get over the hump and and win their first championship in their uh, organization's history. So uh, I'm sticking with Connecticut. All so right. we're all uh, going with the Suns. So we're finally all giving them the respect with the capital CT that they've been <laughs> dying for for the last two and a half years. Which and absolutely. Which absolutely means they are losing to in the semifinals <laughs> to the Seattle Storm or the Phoenix Mercury. Like that is that is guaranteed, baby. I can almost hey, put, you can put that on the books. Actually, I do. I do want to say I do have a bold prediction for this playoffs. Uh, if if the series happens, Minnesota Vegas is the one that we're going to talk about at some point. Ariel Powers and Liz Cambage going to get into some sort of scuffle. Uh, we've oh, seen boy. that movie before. It'll one hundred percent happen. So that yeah. is my that is my boldest prediction. Um, I guess that's my <laughs> most specific prediction for yeah. the playoffs. Um, but yeah, I think that I that does that. it does it for courtside. Is this a courtside episode? It doesn't matter. We're all yes, on the same. Is. It's a courtside episode. <laughs> with some extra Calvin. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, hopefully this is the, for the, I don't know. You've been on this podcast before, you know, whatever, uh, but welcome back. And we hope to have you back throughout the playoffs. Uh, again, make sure to tune in at her hoop stats and on our YouTube page for Calvin's betting advice, because my guy's going to make you money. He's been doing it all year long. If you listen to him and Christy, as always my big down low, Getting getting all the offensive rebounds. Up down here. Yeah, <laughs> actually, I want to. I got to find some Christy Winter Scott tape. That's oh, why. Oh, Christy Winters. <laughs> I got to yeah. find some Christy Winters tape. <laughs> the main name. Uh, oh yeah, you don't want to see that. With well, you know, the shorts are actually in style again. So they're back. The short shorts. I didn't even have to roll <laughs> mine. They were just presented that way for us. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm good with you. If you find some footage, let me know if you find some footage on, on me from back in the day. <laughs> that's a, that's what we're going to leave you on. If you have any footage of Christy Winters playing basketball, please oh, no. send it over at Gabe <laughs> underscore Ibrahim at her hoop stats. Let us know and have a lovely day. We will see you guys next week on courtside. Some people just know there's a better way to do things, like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate, or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.